0: Lift off. We have
1: a lift off. G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David, and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon focuses on Luke 18:1 to fourteen, and I must share a retraction. Um I share a story today about uh, Teresa of Avila. It's not Teresa of Avila. It's actually Saint Monica, who was the mother of Saint Augustine. But the rest of it, to my knowledge, is true. We hope you enjoy the sermon.
0: The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 18, beginning at the first verse. Glory, Glory to, you, to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary for some time he refused but finally he said to himself even though I don't fear God or care about men yet because this widow keeps bothering me I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming and the Lord said listen to what the unjust judge says And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told them this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ.
1: Loving Lord God, we thank and praise you for your power and mercy in our lives. We thank you for your word. It is to us a lamp to our feet and a light to our paths. And Lord, as we think about uh, these two beautiful parables, the parable of um, the persistent widow and the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, help us to be a people who keep praying and help us to be a people who do it with humility, with love and with grace. Amen. Another thing I need to do before we dive into our text is I think Maddie Donaghy deserves a round of applause. (laughs) Reading the whole of 1 Timothy um, was pretty huge. Um, We had in our preaching roster planned to start a series in 1 Timothy. And so um, you've got your Good Fight booklets, and we're going to be going through 1 Timothy chapter by chapter in the coming weeks. Um, But, yeah, Maddie, you did so well. Um, A huge whole chapter with some really gnarly words. Um, You did a great job. But we might start thinking about 1 Timothy because it really um, relates to this passage beautifully. Um, Timothy uh, was a young pastor and he was mentored by another pastor called Paul. And uh, Paul writes to him as he's serving in a church church called Ephesus. But what I love about Paul is, even though he's such a powerful leader, he's also a prayerful leader. And throughout the letter of 1 Timothy, as we go through it in the coming weeks, you see these beautiful sections of theology where Paul speaks this rich, um, rich words to 1 Timothy. Uh, to, his name wasn't 1 Timothy, his name was Timothy. <laughs> he had two letters written to him that's why we call one one and two timothy um he writes this rich theology to timothy and then he prays and he just keeps on praying for timothy with this beautiful humility and um he he also proclaims the gospel constantly he just keeps it on repeat and at one point in 1 timothy 1 he says these powerful words This is a powerful and true saying, that Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. And he just branches into this prayer, prayer without ceasing, which brings us to the Gospel reading. And I encourage you to have that open on page 1303 of the Church Bibles, because that's where I'm going to be focusing today. But Paul was obviously a man who kept praying, and why was he a man who kept praying? Because Jesus encouraged him to pray. I was looking through some commentaries last night, and uh, Archbishop J.C. Ryle, um, former Bishop of Liverpool, um, he says about this passage that although it is a hard parable to understand, the keys are already at the door. It's wonderful because in verse 1, Jesus gives us the application of the parable straight from the get-go. Sometimes Jesus gives us a parable and then he gives us an explanation. Sometimes Jesus doesn't give us an explanation of parables at all. And we are left to our own devices to think about how to apply this one. But the keys are already at the door in this passage. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And then he goes on to tell us the story of the persistent widow. Now, if it wasn't so sad, it would almost be funny we know, we know the nagging widow who, who just who just keeps on nagging and coming to us and she's got lots of time. And we know the judge, we know the judge, maybe he's got um, maybe he's got a drinking problem, or maybe he's a little bit corrupt. This is the, the judge that Jesus is describing is a is is not a nice man. We might think today, well he doesn't fear God and he doesn't fear man, he's obviously a very objective judge. He's not superstitious, he's not religious, and he's not worried about his reputation. This is obviously a very objective judge. But no, Jesus is describing someone who's actually not very just. He is an unjust judge. Why? Because he doesn't fear God. He doesn't honor the scriptures. He doesn't believe that there is a God in heaven who will ultimately judge him for not taking care of the orphan, the widow, and the foreigner, which is what the people in Old Testament times, in Jesus' times, had to do. They needed to take care of people. That's what justice was all about. And so this unjust judge, the only person he really cares about is himself. He is a selfish judge. And this widow is desperate. It's implicit in Jesus' story that actually justice is on her side. In fact, she should be given justice. And so she keeps coming and coming and coming to the unjust judge. And um, Tom Wright, um, Anglican theologian, uh, talks about um, when he translates this passage, he he says, if this widow keeps coming, she might give me a black eye. So basically, (laughs) the judge is so um, overwrought that he finally goes, okay, I'll give you justice. Okay, I'll look into your case. Okay, I will honor you and care for you. And Jesus is not saying that God is like an unjust judge. Jesus is not saying that this judge represents God. He's using a if not, then more so argument. And we've looked at that being used by Jesus in his parables in other sections of Mark. But basically, Jesus is saying, if a judge like this can give justice to a widow like that, won't God who is goodness and virtue and justice in a person, give justice to us when we keep on praying. And it's interesting, why does Jesus want us to keep praying? Is the moral of this story, keep praying, and eventually you'll wrangle God's arm and He will give you what you want? Now, as a pastor, I know that doesn't always happen. I pray for people that they might be healed, and they're not healed. I pray for someone that they might get that job, and they don't. I pray with the couple that God might save their marriage, and they separate. So what is Jesus telling us about prayer? Well, again, the keys are at the door. Verse 6, Jesus says, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? So, Jesus is saying, God is good, and God is loving, and he will give us ultimately what we need in the end. But this passage is very much about the end times, the summation of all things, when God will make all wrongs right, because he says in verse 8, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he finds faith on earth. Friends, the reason why we pray is not because God is a vending machine and we just need to keep pressing the button and all of a sudden the vending machine will malfunction and the biscuits or the chips will drop down we pray because we love God and we pray because we want to relate to God and grow in relationship with him and Jesus is saying keep praying so that when I return and when God brings justice full justice Martin Luther King talked about justice rolling down like the rivers When God brings all things to their end and makes all wrongs right, he will find people praying to him. He will find people in relationship with him. He will find people who love him. Now, Pastor Joel can explain this passage a lot better than me. And we we did a little bit of um, dialoguing about it yesterday in his office. And he shared with me the story of Teresa of Avila. Teresa of Avila is a real-life demonstration of this passage. Teresa of Avila was the mother of St. Augustine of Hippo. Now, St. Augustine um, lived in North Africa, um, and his mom, Teresa, was just this beautiful, pious, prayerful lady. But Augustine was not he was a rock star he lived this debaucherous life he had a concubine he never married this woman but he had kids with her and before he became a Christian he was an absolute hedonist and Teresa just kept praying she just kept praying even though her her son was wicked smart Augustine was incredibly smart he he wasn't interested in her faith he wasn't interested in her her weak Jesus and so she kept praying and she kept praying and she kept coming to this bishop um, and, um, and, and with tears um, asked him to please pray for her son and he dismissed her, he said, look, I don't need to pray for your son and she said, why? It sounded so dismissive, it sounded like he was kicking her out of his office and basically he said I see your tears and there is no way that God would not hear prayers given with so much sincerity and sure enough over time Teresa's son came to the Lord it took time and a lot of humbling but eventually Teresa's prayers came true and Augustine became one of the forefathers of the church And this brings me to the next part of our passage because it's all about how we should pray. The first section is about when we should pray and we should pray all the time, we should pray continuously. I was speaking to a wonderful friend yesterday and she was talking about how I pray over my students. I pray um, that God would get me through the day. I pray without ceasing and that is such a positive thing to do. And so we are to pray without ceasing, but we are also to pray with humility. Jesus gives us the example of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Now, Pharisees were seen as good, virtuous people back then, but unfortunately, this Pharisee is self-centered. He stands up before God and says, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, and adulterers, or even like this tax collector. So this poor guy, is next to him and he's paying out on him in the temple. I fast twice a week and give a uh, tenth of all I get. This man is self-righteous. And uh, I've quoted J.C. Ryle again, I'm going to quote him again. He says this, the cure for self-righteousness is self-knowing. The irony of this Pharisee is he doesn't understand himself before God. He doesn't know himself before God. He has real problems because he's so caught up in himself that it just puffs him up with pride. It's almost as if the Pharisee isn't praying to God. He's just praying to himself and praising himself because he's got so many tickets on himself. Now, most people at the time would think, well, that Pharisee is great. In fact, today, many religious people would say, well, that person is virtuous and he's good and, he, and he's praying, he's, he's perfect, he has nothing to worry about. But Jesus contrasts him with the tax collector, he said. But the tax collector stood at a distance, he would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast, a sign of humility. And he, he prays this very simple prayer, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Now, this brings us back to Augustine of Hippo, because Augustine of Hippo really inspired someone about 1,600 years later, and his name was Martin Luther. And Martin Luther tried to be a Pharisee of Pharisees. He tried to be this super religious person. He became a monk. He studied. He um, he he fasted. He prayed. He was so diligent. He was like this Pharisee, but he never felt justified. He never felt like God was with him, and the devil hounded him, and he could never find that peace. He could never find that grace from God, and he just found himself in this continuous loop until. He had a radical encounter with God and on the 31st of October, he went up to the cathedral in Wittenberg in 1517 and pinned his 95 theses to the cathedral there, the wall, the door. If you want to... um, Put complaints about my preaching feel free to nail them to the wall <laughs> or the door <laughs> next Sunday whack them there <laughs> I love I love sermon feedback but Martin Luther talked about justification by grace through faith and what's interesting about this passage in Luke 18 is that Jesus says I tell you that this man that's the tax collector rather than the other went home justified before God Jesus doesn't use that word justified very much, but he uses it here. What does it mean to be justified? It means to be at peace with God. It means to not have any fears now and into the afterlife. It means that you know that you have God's grace and you have it through faith, like we talked about in the kids' talk. When we pray with humility when we realize who we are before God, and when we keep praying, we will find ourselves going away, feeling justified, feeling clean, feeling just as if we'd never sinned. And so it's wonderful to welcome our Lutheran friends um, this Sunday to worship with us, and it is good to meet in a place where we can keep praying and we can come before God's presence with humility.